Hi, welcome to the Axe Church UK weekly podcast. We hope you'll be inspired and blessed by today's message. Enjoy! Before we get into uh, some of the scripture, there's a couple of slides that I've put up. Um, maybe some people, yeah, so today's message is actually called Expectation versus Reality. And there's some funny uh, Christmas-themed pictures showing up. Maybe this year, um, maybe we had an idea that, hey, 2023 was going to look like this, but actually kind of didn't turn out to be what we thought it was going to be. I don't know if some of you (laughs) may or may not have experienced snow. Uh, Yeah, the snow in London, when it happens, it's not actually that great. Um, So, yeah, this is... (laughs) some of the funnier things that we could put first. And then, yeah, Christmas dinner. I don't know if anyone here is going to be cooking Christmas dinner. I really hope it will look more like this than, than this in the kitchen. Uh, but yeah, the kind of jokes aside, uh, we can dive into the word as we yeah prepare to read about expectation. Amen. So let's turn to Genesis 39, and we're going to be reading from the whole chapter. Uh, So this is going to be uh, looking at Joseph's life. So Joseph in Genesis, not Joseph, Jesus's father. Um, So we're going to be reading about some of the different things that he's gone through, um, and it's been really amazing how God has really used him. Um, So let's start uh, from verse 1 of Genesis 39. So it says, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, brought him, uh, sorry, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him down there. So Joseph is being sold as a slave. Uh, The Lord was with Joseph, and he was a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian, and his master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him, and he made him overseer of his house, and all that he had he put under his authority. So it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. Thus he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread which he ate. Now Joseph was handsome in form and appearance. And it came to pass after these things that his master's wife cast longing eyes on Joseph. And she said, and she said, lie with me. Uh, Not just lie in bed, but yeah, you can use your imagination. Uh, But he refused and said to his master's wife, look, my master does not know what is with me in the house. And he has committed all that he has to my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I nor has he kept back anything from me but you, because you are his wife. How then can I do this great wickedness and sin against God? So it was, as she spoke to Joseph day by day, he did not heed her, to lie with her or to be with her. But it happened about this time, when Joseph went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the house was inside, that she caught him by his garment, saying, lie with me, But he left his garment in her hand and fled and ran outside. 
And so it was, when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and fled outside, that she called to the men of her house and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought into us a Hebrew to, a Hebrew to mock us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I cried with a loud voice. And it happened when he heard that I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled and went outside. So she kept his garment with her until his master came home. Then she spoke to, she spoke to him with words like these, saying, The Hebrew servant whom you brought to us came in to me to mock me. So it happened as I lifted my voice and cried out that he left his garment with me and fled outside. So it was. When his master heard the words which his wife spoke to him, saying, Your servant did to me after this manner, that his anger aroused. Then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. And he gave them favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed Joseph committed to Joseph's hand all the prisoners who were in the prison. Whatever they did there, it was his doing. The keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. Amen. So we've just been looking at Joseph's life. And before uh, verse 39, if you read in verse 37, you actually see that God gave him uh, a vision, a vision that his whole family would be bowing down to him. It made his brothers very jealous, and it led them to be uh, so jealous that they took action and sold him as a slave, let his father believe that he was eaten and killed, um, and eventually that is how he was sold uh, to Egypt as a slave and, and how we've just read in Genesis 39. And then it didn't stop there. You know, he's gone to prison uh, out of something that wasn't his fault. Um, he was wrongfully accused of um, sexually assaulting Potiphar's wife that he didn't do. And then he was put in prison uh, he was then put in charge because he was still, you know, a good man, a godly man. People trusted him. And so the prison warden, even though he put them in charge there, he's still in prison, you know. Uh, and, you know, through a series of different events, there's a lot of up and downs that you read in Joseph's life. Um, and you can see that even though God gave Joseph a dream, um, it doesn't mean that it didn't come without its ups and downs. And the route to get to that point, uh, there was a lot of different trials and different testing times. It wasn't a smooth road. Uh, he wasn't born into this family to just then, hey, everybody worship me, you know? He went through a series of different um, I guess, events and trials, and it then eventually did lead him to uh, meet Pharaoh, to um, interpret a dream that Pharaoh had, uh, which foretold uh, that Egypt would have seven years of um, abundance uh, and then seven years of famine. So it meant that he was able to tell Pharaoh that and they could prepare for it. But, you know, there was, you can see as 
we have read just now that there's such a, you know, different ups and downs here, there. You know, imagine if you look at a map, it's like, imagine just going from A to B, it's like A, B, C, D, E, F, G, back, and then finally to the end result. Um, and just even as I was reading this passage, I was thinking, you know, what, what do you want us to know? What do you want us to learn from this passage? And God really uh, just impressed on my heart, as I said earlier, about expectation. Um, and so uh, we're bringing to, coming to the first point, uh, really sense that God is telling us that we need to expect trials and testing. Um, you know, I don't know what kind of year everyone's had. Uh, I definitely haven't had uh, the easiest year, I would say. Um, but what God um, allows in our life isn't to damage us, isn't to hurt us, but it's so that we can um, learn from it, so that we can uh, graduate, so that we can uh, be better um, and be ready um, for what God wants us uh, to do. Um, you know, sometimes uh, we feel like when we're going through something, it's like the end of the world, and we just want it to be over. Uh, but God wants us to have a more mature response than that. He wants us to come to him, uh, not just ask him to pray the problem away, but God wants us to seek him and to ask him, you know, what, what is it that you want me to learn from this? How do you want me to go about solving this problem? Uh, God, can you give me your patience, your wisdom, uh, maybe even your direction if you feel lost? Um, sometimes we might feel stuck. We don't even see a problem. But rather than just ignoring it or, or just asking God to take it away, why don't we ask God to uh, know how to overcome it, how to deal with it with him? Um, and, you know, when we see how Joseph even dealt with uh, Potiphar's wife, uh, that is not an easy um, situation to be in. You know, he was promoted from essentially being a slave uh, of the master's household to then being in this point of authority, of power over the whole household. And he was, you know, faithful with it. Um, you know, and you could see that he was good looking. He was handsome. It says in, uh, in the Bible that that is, you know, he, he looked that way. Uh, but, you know, it's not his fault, right? <laughs> uh, it's not his fault that Potiphar's wife wanted to sleep with him, uh, and he just said no. He, he knew that that was not a line to be crossed, uh, and he knew that, you know, I have authority over these things, but you are someone that I should, uh, you know, I shouldn't even go there. Um, and he said that to her, but even though he made it very clear, like, no, she still tried every day, day in, day out, and, you know, sometimes maybe we're not having someone try and, you know, be with us, but maybe there are different temptations in our lives, right, that are not good for us. And, you know, sometimes, even though it's quite obvious in the beginning, but they're just there, they keep coming, they keep, you know, and they're like wearing us down. And maybe is there a time when maybe we gave into that temptation, but we know full well it's not good for us. But just what Joseph did, he literally ran away from her. He knew that was something that he could not and should not do. And so, you know, his robe was left behind. It wasn't really his fault uh, that 
He was then accused by her. Uh, you know, it was like her word against his, unfortunately, um, as the wife of the master. And that led to him being in prison. And so maybe sometimes we need to look at some of our, um, our year, let's say, or maybe if we look at our year back and we can think about, hey, maybe is there a time where I didn't respond too well to that test or that trial? And, you know, how can I do better next time? Um, we can look at Joseph's life and we can see how well he responded to every single uh, situation he was put in. Uh, that's a very high standard. And some of us are maybe uh, not so good as Joseph, uh, or maybe not as like strong um, or trusting in God. Um, and yeah, we can make mistakes sometimes, but how can we do better next time? Um, and it's not about just um, yeah, accomplishing this and then moving on to the next. It's like God has purposely put that there to maybe test your character. It's not necessarily about our skill uh, or like our qualification, but it's our character that is being tested, that God wants to refine our character. Um, and it's not uh, so that he can see you suffer. For, you know, God doesn't want you to um, just go through this to feel like uh, you, you can't do it. You know, he wants to see you succeed and to see you uh, respond well and to put him first. Um, and so sometimes when we're put in situations and we're torn between maybe there's, you know, the easier response and Joseph could have very easily, you know, started something with Potiphar's wife they could have kept it hush-hush. That could have gone on for how long? You know, who knows? They could have done it behind closed doors. It seemed very easy for her to find him alone um, in this house. So, yeah, like, what are some other things that maybe that people don't see? Or, you know, a lot of our trials, a lot of our testing are not necessarily out in public. A lot of the times they're just you know, between you and God, or like you and a closed door? And what are some of these things God is asking that, hey, maybe we need to change our response. Maybe we need to um, choose the harder choice, um, because that is how we put God first. Because sometimes, you know, it's so much easier to just say, hey, um, I don't think I can preach because that's a really busy time for me that year or that time or that week or whatever. But, you know, maybe God wants us to say, yes, actually, despite uh, my busyness, despite uh, how I'm feeling, uh, God, I can still say uh, yes to you. Yeah. And that is leading me to my next point, uh, which is expect your expectations of God to affect your outcome. And um, yeah, I want to clarify that, you know, it could be easy to just have expectations of a situation, have an expectation of a circumstance. Uh, but actually, God is asking us, hey, can you expect from me? Uh, and that will in turn affect your situation. Because um, a lot of the times, maybe when we're put in a testing or a trial, that maybe we're actually not going to God, and that actually reveals to us whether we even expect anything from God. You know, even looking to next year, are we expecting God to move in our year? Or are we just 
going through uh, the year on our own strength again? Uh, or are we, you know, wanting things, wanting certain dreams, but actually maybe that's not good for you? Uh, maybe we want to make some decisions that, you know, I actually really want to go for this job, uh, it pays really well, uh, etc. But then God's saying, actually, you know, I want to give you a pay rise. I want to give you that promotion, but are you going to still hold on to me as you have done um, with this new job? You know, when I give you this promotion, are your, is your time going to be consumed by me or consumed by the new job? Is it your boss? You know, like Joseph had uh, Potiphar as his master. He could have put his identity in that job, in that position. You know, his identity wasn't in his good looks. Otherwise, you know, yeah, he, I'm sure there could have been a, another story with Potiphar's wife. But no, he knew that in his heart that that wasn't something that God wanted him to do. And so... Um, we need to change how our expectations of God, uh, sorry, we need to uh, shift our expectations of God because that will in turn shift our outcome as well. Um, and um, I don't know if some of you may have heard uh, this saying uh, because, yeah, sometimes people in my workplace use this word, which is the word manifest. They say, hey, I'm going to manifest uh, a boyfriend this year, or like, I'm going to manifest, um, I don't know, it's going to be a good day today, I'm, I'm manifesting it, I'm manifesting it. Uh, but, you know, that is just like nothing more than just a wish, uh, like an empty wish that there's no power in that. Uh, but actually, what God is saying that there's power in the expectation that we have on him. And that really works two A's. Because if we don't have the expectation, then, you know, you're essentially just relying on your own strength. But with God, you're being able to surrender to him, to really seek him um, for the right outcome. Yeah. And if we can read in Hebrews 11, uh, verse 6, um, it says, But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. You know, it says throughout Genesis verse 39 that the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord was with Joseph, the Lord blessed Joseph and all that he had his hand on. And the only way that that could have happened was because Joseph put his faith in him. Joseph was seeking him. We may not be able to see necessarily like how many days he was praying or how many, how many times a day he was seeking the Lord. Um, but you could see that, you know, he must have loved God so much because otherwise the Lord wouldn't have, you know, blessed his hand in that way. And so what more us, what more that, you know, we're not seeking God to then get the results. You know, we're seeking God because we love him, because we can trust him. And it's so important in how our response uh, to God is and to our situation, uh, because it's not about coming to God uh, just for the answer or just to fix something or just to, you know, level up, you know, in life. But can we trust God? Can we come to him? And do we often maybe find ourselves only coming to God just to ask him for something? Or have we actually been coming to God because 
We know we need him. We know we need him every day to sit in his presence and to um, even just surrender to him. And because the opposite of that, of pushing God away, of saying, actually, no, God, I want to focus on this first, <clears throat> it's almost like we're ghosting God. And when we do that, it's saying that, hey, God, I don't need you. And it actually makes it very difficult for God to be able to speak into your life. Um, you know, it's like uh, a friend or a parent that... <coughs> Sorry. Um, if, uh, if you have... <coughs> the end of a cough. Um, yeah. <coughs> Sometimes if you, uh, if you have a friend who's been trying to reach out to you, trying to help you, trying to do um, just to be there for you, but if you ignore them, they're like, hey, hey, Rora, how have you been doing? Uh, can I meet up with you? Can I, can I see you today? And it's like, nothing. Okay. Uh, you okay? I haven't heard from you for a couple of days. Um, can I, can I do anything? Can I be there for you? Nothing. And sometimes maybe we treat God that way of, you know, he's been waiting for us to come to him, but have we just been ignoring him? Have we just been treating him like, uh, you know, Santa's wish list of, hey, God, can I have this? Can I have this? But then, oh, that's it. Oh, I didn't get it. Uh, you know, I, it's, it's about coming to God not for things or not for uh, the desires of our heart, but to come to him because we genuinely want to spend time with him. Yeah. And maybe some of us, um, we just need to rediscover God as your first love and really um, spending that time with him. And for me, I know that I cannot hear from God if I'm distracted by lots of different things. Uh, for example, my phone. Uh, I need to just not have that in the same room um, or just kind of any electronic device because even in your head, you could be you know, thinking of different things, because it's so much easier to just do the things that is like on your list. Hey, I need to do this, per this. I need to reply to that person. I need to, you know, and God just wants us uh, alone with him, um, simply to just come to him and just rediscover his presence. And, you know, maybe this year we have wanted to draw closer to him, wanted to spend more time with him, but life got in the way, different things happened this year that meant that maybe you had less time, you had to wake up earlier to go to your job, I don't know, different things, but, you know, can we put aside time for God? Um, can we put aside um, maybe your first for God? Because it's not that we don't need sleep, we absolutely need sleep, but can we maybe make some changes in our life that means that I've still set time for God, uh, you know, this coming year or even just this week, you can do that. Um, and it's also about when we're not just in our good place, but when we're also in the times of trials, in the times of testing, in the times of feeling tired, not being good enough, that we still need to come to God. Um, and we can see that um, 
Maybe Joseph didn't exactly know uh, the specifics of the path that God had set out for him, but we can see that um, God continued to reward him, continued to um, uh, give him the, that encouragement and that Joseph could still put his faith in God. Um, and that leads me to uh, the third point, which is we can expect good from God. In um, Genesis 45, verse 4 to 9, which is the part where um, Joseph is actually reunited finally with his family, um, because of the famine uh, that was in Egypt, uh, different ones had to come from all across the land to Egypt because that is where they harvested all the food from their abundance and was able to survive the famine. Um, so at this point, they have met uh, Joseph, and Joseph is saying, please come closer, he said to them. So they came closer. And he said again, I am Joseph, your brother, whom you sold into slavery in Egypt. But don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me to this place. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years will last five more years and there will be neither plowing or harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors. So it was God who sent me here, not you. And he is the one who made me an advisor to Pharaoh, the manager of this entire palace and the governor of all Egypt. Now hurry back to my father and tell him, this is what your son Joseph says. God has made me the master over all the land of Egypt, so come down to me immediately. You know, what Joseph went through was not easy. He was rejected by his family, sold as a slave, and essentially human trafficked. You know, he was then um, cancelled by uh, the master or the, the wife of the household, uh, labeled as a sex offender, jailed, you know, and... He was actually 30 by the time he was uh, put into position by Pharaoh. And it's like, wow, what an achievement by the age of 30. That's like crazy. Um, you know, but it's amazing how after all that, all of, all of the struggle, all of the different hardships that he went through, that he was still able to meet with his brothers that had sold him as slaves. Uh, that, you know, it's imagine meeting... Uh, your school bully or, you know, the, the person that is the most mean to you, your horrible boss, and you can look them in the eye and say, hey, God is still good because what I've been through wasn't because, you know, it's not just about me, 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 the main character, but he, Joseph could see that God had this whole plan. There was no other way that he could have been put into that position um, and he was still able to tell them that God was good um, and that he was able to not have any resentment, not have any bitterness towards his family, um, and he could see that it was only through God's goodness that uh, these situations could have happened to him. Um, and I just want to read this verse as a just word of encouragement to different ones here. So this is 2 Corinthians 4. Uh, 17 to 18. And it says, For our present troubles are small and won't last very long. 
yet they produce for us a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see now, rather we fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone, but the things we cannot see will last forever. <clears throat> maybe some of us are going through a, a testing time, or maybe, you know, when we look back at 2023, we think, you know, that wasn't the best year that I've had. Um, it was painful. There was disappointment. People let me down. Um, I didn't achieve all that I had set out to achieve. But, you know, it was not meant to destroy you. It's a year that we could learn from, um, and we have to remember that we shouldn't let our experiences um, to color our view of God. We still need to hold on to the fact that God is good. And as our Heavenly Father, He would never want to hurt you or want to harm you. Um, and sometimes we go through things that are painful, but it's so that we can learn from them. You know, it's like when you're a child and you see a flame and it's like, oh, that's so nice. And you want to put your hand in it. It's like, you know, your parents say, no, don't do that. And then it's like, oh, but you shouted at me. And it's like, well, because that flame's going to really hurt you if you put your hand onto it. And then maybe you don't listen next time. And then you actually put your hand in. And it's like, ow. Um, you know, sometimes there are things in life that happen and it hurts us. Uh, but God is saying this is something that is meant to grow you uh, because he wants to continually refine our character. And it's all not so that we can just be better people for ourselves, but it's so that other people can see it, that we can comfort other people even, um, and people can, and God can use that, use that suffering, uh, use that hardship uh, to be a blessing to other people. So for 2024, I pray that, you know, we can use this and really uh, look forward to the year, no matter what it could bring. Maybe for some of us, we're anxious about the new year. There's a lot of uncertainty. We don't know. Um, yeah, there's just a lot of unknowns, and that's a fact. That none of us can tell the future. None of us can uh, predict or manifest, uh, you know, some of the different things that maybe we're, we're dreaming of. Um, but we need to hold on to God and our faith in God. Um, and there's, uh, you know, as much as we could strive or as much as we could work hard, but, you know, it's not by our own strength that uh, we are rewarded or blessed. It is because God uh, has let that happen and wants to bless you. So for 2024, let's believe in good things from God because he loves us. And so even as I draw to a close, um, I just want to, you know, take some time to worship God, but also um, as a time of just reflection, you know, I don't know uh, the details of your life or what you've been going through. Um, I don't know, you know, I can't feel the hurt maybe that you might have felt and you could feel that I was the most hurt last year or I, I was the most let down. Um, but God knows how you felt. And I just want to um, spend some time um, in worship to just let everyone here reflect um, on just, you know, what, how is your relationship with God right now? And can we um, really look to him right now to surrender to him and to say, 
honestly, God, I need you. I cannot do this without you. And I need to change my expectations of you. I need to actually put some expectations on you. Maybe some of us um, going into 2024, we haven't, maybe we haven't had time to think about what God wants or expects from us next year. But why don't we, just even as we worship God and stand up, um, to just bring some of these different things to God and to really um, seek God for, for the new year. Amen. If you've been touched by today's message and would like to invite Jesus into your life, why don't you join me in saying this prayer? Lord Jesus, thank you for paying the ultimate price for my sins by dying on the cross for me. I receive your love and forgiveness and eternal life by faith. Come into my heart and life and be my Lord and my Savior. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for tuning in today. We hope that you've been blessed by today's message. For more information about Acts, you can check out www.actschurch.uk. God bless.